1: Welcome into Eleven Personnel, presented by Monticello Bank. Nick Roush here with Adam Luckett on what has been a wild and wild and crazy week. Luckett, I swear, I, we this happens all the time, right? <laughs> we're just like, all right, well, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about this week, and then all of a sudden, it's the craziest damn week you've ever heard of in your life. A- absolute chaos has broken out across college football, and uh, I love it. It's fun, but I just. I thought this was going to be the week where we would exhale a little bit and we'd spend 20 minutes just talking about the the NFL games.
0: Yeah, I was going to get on here and pretty much – yeah, we'll just – once Michigan makes a hire, once Harbaugh leaves and everything, we can just go ahead and do our carousel episode. Well, that's that's going to be a lot different uh, kind of episode than I thought it would maybe be really all season. Uh, The end of an era, I mean – Everything or not, everything, but just so much. One, so much has changed in college football, but this is a like huge change, specifically for the SEC going into this new chapter. Mm-hmm. Right? It changes a lot for a lot of programs. Um, like you see what Tennessee, like you've seen Wes Rucker and Adam Sparks, and some t- guys that cover Tennessee are like, hey. Not only did they not have to play Bama every year, but now they don't. Now they don't have to go against Nick Saban. So this changes a lot for Tennessee, and I think it's a, you know, it's I think it's a lot Auburn. different. It's huge for Auburn. It's huge for LSU. It's huge for, you know, Texas A and M. If they ever get it together, if they want to break through, um, Georgia. That's the only team they could not beat. That's the only team Kirby could not master. He was one in five, I believe, against Nick Saban. Uh, the only win. They lost previously in the same season, and they probably don't beat that team if Jamison Williams and John Mechie don't get hurt. Uh, they caught a couple breaks there. And so it was that this was the one big obstacle, I think, in everyone's way, obviously. And now that that's potentially out of the, the league, SEC wise, it just changes everything. It makes it easier for potentially Texas to come in here. And for us oh, yeah. as a college football community, we get to see wild and crazy Alabama fans. We've seen them. We have seen them, but not like this. Not without the the guiding light. Uh the oh, he, he the, the, him the, down. He's made the, the iron fist behind all of their the iron fist behind all of their trash talk. Uh, they they do not have that um, anymore and it's that is in itself is going to be highly entertaining. And it's the first Nick the first coaching search Alabama's done on Twitter. Like Twitter wasn't around yeah, when they hired him 06 or whatever. So this is it's a whole new new era, and it just like it's Cosmo is going to miss him, and it, like we'll talk about his greatness forever. Uh, but there is a kind of a refreshing, like man, this is going to be kind of it's going to be different and new. Um, mm-hmm. That's until no one can be Kirby, but um, right, but right. but it's well, it's fun just to picture what it could look like, and I think it's fun for a lot of teams in this league now that that's out of the way.
1: It did. His iron grip on the SEC was much more firm years ago when it, it did get to a point where we were like, is he ever going to go away? Like, this isn't even fun anymore.
0: Right, right. He makes Urban Meyer quit <laughs> yeah. in 2009. Yeah. And it was just he had – we were right. He had a death grip on the on the conference for a long time there. And then Kirby Smart left, and it, it kind of looked like, oh, maybe they'll, maybe he'll get him. Um, and that never tr- – he did, but he didn't. Like, they they became this great program, but they still struggled head-to-head against Alabama. Uh, and so – and you had a couple teams would rise up and have, like, historic years, you know, Auburn, LSU. But he might have had a lot to do with that, with those teams mm-hmm. having those years because they had to push the envelope to get that high because they were chasing a megastar. Uh an absolute freight train rolling downhill. So, and it's gone, it's over. I mean, Nick, you just go to his Wikipedia and just look at the the graph they have in there that has all the years charted. I mean, it's just they, an incredible run he had.
1: They averaged 12 wins a season. Averaged. Yeah. That's, that, that includes the bad years, right? I mean, that is uh, unbelievable. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try to be redundant here because, you know, plenty of people have heard all of the, the – the odes to greatness um with Nick Saban but you know the the one real bit I think the biggest winner here has to be Hugh Freeze uh, because Auburn is not an like that, that place is a nut house like their their highs are the highest and their lows are the lowest and when he came in there you were like who wants to go to Auburn when Georgia and Alabama are just playing murder ball right now mm-hmm. with the rest of college football like that there's 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 no it's dead end right there's there's no way out and he even mentioned it at last year at media days like basically my tenure is going to be decided in my first two recruiting classes well he got a damn good recruiting class and now that Saban's gone uh we already saw a five-star Ryan Williams uh wide receiver he opened he decommitted and there's crystal balls for him to go to Auburn um I, Q free still needs a quarterback there, but if he can find one of those, like, you know, there, he, all of a sudden there is a light at the end of the tunnel that they didn't see before. Some of that comes with hanging tough in that game too. It's a rivalry. It's always going to be close there, but um, that, all, this power vacuum, it's all happening when Texas and Oklahoma come in too, right? There's a lot on the table. Uh, Unfortunately, Auburn is on the schedule next year, though. I, I don't like that. Uh, I was kind of like, there was a moment when people were like, oh, Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, when it initially happened, I'm like, oh, man, uh, I would love to see chaos erupt in Oxford before Kentucky goes down there. That would be nice. But um, it, 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 it might actually backfire because Kirby Smart, who's on your schedule next year, it might make him stronger, right? Like all these teams that have something to gain, like there, there's opportunity now that, that previously wasn't there. And the weirdest part of this all, Luckett, is in my mind, like the timing makes sense. Just from a we, – we've seen a lot of guys who probably would have gone an extra couple of years, but the nil and transfer portal, they were just like, this is too much. I, I just need to stop now. Coach K, Roy Williams, Jim Boeheim, like those were older guys. I know it's a different sport, but they got out of it. Early, probably a couple years earlier than they would have liked to because the portal and all that just, just made their lives crazy. This, plus the 12 team, plus the Oklahoma and Texas, like there, so much change was happening. The timing was right from that standpoint from Saban. But this is the only time he doesn't have an obvious choice sitting there at coordinator just waiting to step into his job. Probably, like, if you went through his Rolodex, maybe the second time in 17 years there wasn't just yeah. a obvious answer on his own coaching staff
0: yeah I think for that it's a little bit of bad luck if you're Alabama because of that that situation and how it developed Um, there's been talk this week about how they really wanted Sark to be the next guy and he got sick of waiting and went to Texas and so that left you with a weird situation with bill o'brien bill o'brien leaves you go and have to hire tommy reese um, pete golding was a guy that was around for a long time so he like seemed like saban really liked but they had to move on after four or five years with him so they bring in kevin still kevin still decides to retire this offseason and so they're kind of in a tough a tough spot here um, and you kind of look at former assistants it's not like there's someone out there doing a really good job at a second-tier program, and Mike Loxley is a name being floated out, but he's doing a good job. I think Maryland has won three straight bowl games, respectable in the Big Ten, but that's not necessarily who an right. Alabama-type hire. And so they're, they're just in a difficult spot, and there's not a clear, like, slam dunk, and there's not even, like, the star coordinator at a powerhouse program that you could hire. Uh, like, there's not a Dan Lanning. There's not a Kirby Smart. There's not a yeah, Lincoln Glenn Riley. Truman's
1: like two or three years away from being that guy.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's just unfortunate for Alabama, and this happens probably two years after Dabo really loses a lot of shine, his yeah. shine, yeah. and all that makes it an unfortunate situation. Uh, but regardless, they're fan like you're following the best to ever do it. So that it bar is going to, no matter what. <laughs> that bar is going to be so high, and you look at a guy like Kalen DeBoer. Who seems like the favorite for this job, as of right now? He's mm-hmm. a dude with an impeccable record. He's won everywhere he's been.
1: I mean, he made Indiana decent at football as a coordinator. Yeah, like that's... But I mean, he's
0: g- he's God could couldn't do that. He's good, but this is different. Like it is a talent it's accumulation. <laughs> it's a talent accumulation game uh, down here, and there's a lot of stuff you have to do as the Alabama head football coach. Um, And a lot of it centers around maybe rolling up them sleeves, getting in the dirt a little bit, um, because you got to go get players, uh, on top of, you know, kissing babies and all all the other stuff you have to do. And so for him, he doesn't strike me as a guy, Nick, that uh, wants to do all that. So, that I mean, the fit there would be – it uh, would be interesting. I think he's a really good coach, but I just don't know. I, I do I would bet on it not working. I mean, I,
1: better Brian Harson, right? Like just a better X's and O's, Brian Harson.
0: Yeah, he. I mean, but it, essentially, you could go. He could go nine and three, nine and three, and they'll want to fire him. Like that's what we're walking into here. Without All- yeah. that's why they're gonna. This is so fascinating to see how this shakes out here over the next couple years, and it's a no win situation for whoever comes in here. Uh, the bar is so high, right? And then if you lose a game to Auburn, they're really going to want your ass out of there, right? And then we might actually get Iron Bowls that aren't maybe elite. Maybe we'll get a couple unranked versus unranked eventually. Ooh,
1: the Egg Bowl will take yeah. its place. We'll get Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin putting up 120 points while, yeah. meanwhile, the Iron Bowl's laying duds.
0: Yeah. I- it's just, there's a whole generation of football fans, Nick. Um, I mean, even guys my age probably don't really remember Saban without Saban. I mean, that was we i would have to go back to high school. Um, I'd be—I mean, young high school when before they had didn't have Nick Saban, and so it's been a long time since they haven't had this guy. Um, and a lot of people are going to have to—it's just going to look different. And Alabama has a struggle, and they—they they're, deserve yeah. some regression to the mean over there for how yeah, high they've yeah. had it. They last deserve decade a decade plus.
1: Gillespie. Right, right. Like, they're they're due for that um, because they've had plenty. And I'm not trying to compare Sabin to Cal because Saban's record is much better. Um, yeah. It's much more consistent. But Alabama and Kentucky basketball are very similar just in the respect that it's not a one-coach deal, right? Like, a lot of these – I mean, Florida State's Bobby Bowden University, and then they had one other guy win with Jimbo. Like, a lot of these big-time programs for Georgia, hell, it was Vince Dooley. And that was it for the longest time. You had uh, a Tubby Smith kind of Mark Rick there. That was pretty good. But, uh, hell, Tubby even won the big one. My, my point being is that Alabama has had, is it five or six different coaches that have won titles? Um, they've had a lot. Um, not just Bear, like Gene Stallings won at least one, maybe two. Uh, there, was a, there was a lot in between. I've been to that statue park. I forget all the names. You know, Wallace Wade. Um, I'm pretty sure that or no, sorry. Wallace Way was Duke, right? And then Bryant Denny, Frank, Ho-
0: Frank Howard, Frank Tom, Frank Thomas. Not, not the not the guy who Taking the, taking the <laughs> eugenics, total eugenics, tea. total T, <laughs> uh, which is not, not that, the guy that, who, that,
1: who was dead, but not dead.
0: The, com- the commercial with him and Flutie on the driving range is one of the funniest commercials on television.
1: <laughs> and she'll like it too. That's right at the end. <laughs> and they, it's on
0: fine by all the time. That is yeah.
1: stupid. The, the the bar blender thing, oh, and they have man.
0: the they had there's a new one on Bomb. It's with Vivica A Fox. It's like a I haven't really figured out what it is, but it's kind of like I think it's like a money management thing or how to invest your money <laughs> or something. I'm sure it's it's a it's rock solid. Every rock time cool. I watch Finebaum, like, and I see the commercials, I'm like, man, the average person that watches this has to be like 72 years old <laughs> with these commercials.
1: <laughs> oh man. Um. I, one of uh, well, so let's let's talk about some of the fun names that are out there. Um, I, I think my overall point was though is that Alabama's had lows. They've had dumb hires. Look up Mike Price. The Sports Illustrated story on Mike Price yelling "Roll Tide" while he's in a hotel room with a bunch of uh, paid help,
0: if you will. Um, like, just find out. I mean, if you want to f- just Google Mike Price Alabama, that'll yeah, it's, probably it's, open it's, up internet uh, wormhole for you.
1: Yeah, it's it's. They, so they've had some stuff not go their way. Um, and so they're due. And that's why it gave me great joy to see some of the names out there. Uh, one of them that you sent me that was a secondary option was our, our favorite nerd um, that crawled out of a locker this year that would just live in it in Tuscaloosa, Eli Drinkwitz. Um, not sure what his agent was doing there to get him in the mix for football scoop, but that was funny. Um, the one that really would – I, I think he would really put the other program back quite a bit and would probably fail it out. It, it would be a Charlie Strong move is Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell would do a Charlie Strong, right? Because he'd had a good thing going at Florida State. Like, oh, wow, they're right there. They're knocking on the door of being like a legitimate, consistent threat at the top of college football. He leaves, they go down the toilet, and then at the next school, um, he's just not good enough. I, I could very well see in that play out between Florida State and Alabama if they end up getting Mike Norvell.
0: Yeah, it, it would be interesting to leave Florida State for Alabama. Uh, believe Bama tried to hire Bobby Bowden at one time. So if that happened, I'm sure those stories will pop up. It, everything that Florida State's going through, right? ACC fighting to get out, fighting for respect, saying they got screwed over, hating the SEC, hating ESPN. Then if the head coach goes and leaves oh, for man. the, you know one of the premium football programs in the SEC. They might just have to quit. Uh, they, uh, Yeah, I mean, they're just going to fight everyone that comes in their path. <laughs> and then they, their offensive coordinator got suspended tonight for three games next year. They've got some violations coming their way for basically the coach, their offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins, and their one of their collectives for having a legal contact, I believe, when Georgia should tackle Amarius Milms. There was that rumor last year. Whenever he almost transferred, um, and ended up staying at Georgia, he's going to be a first round pick. He's going to be like the second or third tackle off the board in this draft. They they tried hard to get him. They didn't get him. Uh, and that that appears who that's regarding. And so they're about they're in trouble for that. Um, and so if Norvell left them with everything going on with Florida State right now with the the lawsuit against the Atlantic Coast Conference. Um, they want to get out of that conference. And then that, now they have some violations for illegal NIL kind of stuff. If well, you believe them. NIL. For an I'm Alabama sorry. job where, it, I mean, he would be walking into an impossible situation. It's the opposite of Florida State, where Florida State, they need, like, this was like, we need you to be our savior. <laughs> uh, and then in Alabama, it's totally opposite. Like, if you're not good enough, bro, hit, hit the door because um, we're not waiting around. And so. Yeah, that would just be wild if that if that happened. But it does look like him and DeBoer are the top two candidates right now. And again, it's just not the situation for a search is not great uh, for them right now. So, kind of fascinated to see how this turns out.
1: Yeah, um, that that dynamic is wild. It would also just like further denigrate the ACC, which I'm all for. Um, I. Who would be a home run hire, bucket In your mind, is there one person like realistically that okay? Dale, he'll this person will keep Alabama not at Saban level, but will still make them competitive and win the SEC and a playoff team every other year. Like, well, a Ryan Day, if you will, right? because like that's kind of what Ryan Day's been at Ohio State. It's like he's either going to win the Big Ten or come in second every year. Um, and then go to the playoff when he does win it. Uh, is there somebody out there for this Alabama job that you could see this happening?
0: Will Kirby Smart come back? Will he leave his all- offense? <laughs> I mean, that's the answer. Uh, I mean, there, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think there is one. Uh, like, just go conference by conference, Nick. Like, Big Ten, who are the top coaches there? Ryan Day, James Franklin, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is about to leave. I don't think you want James Franklin. And. I don't think Ryan Ryan Day is some shines off him at the moment. So (laughs) ACC, Dabo, Sweeney, Mike Norvell, Bear Braun. Uh, Don't think they're really super interested in any of those three. Uh, Well, other than Norvell. And then Dabo. Dabo's the one where I think Alabama fans are upset, but I think as soon as he stepped in front of the mic and hit them with the Alabama – I'm from Alabama. I understand Alabama. I think he could get people – all in, and it, he's it, done it. And he might just be that he might just need a fresh start and get away oh, from the Tommy.
1: Would work out for him well. It's just yeah, that but they, would he
0: use the portal and would he buck against some of the stuff at Alabama that he's fighting against at Clemson right now? But I, I think, yeah, I think he makes probably the most sense. And if you ask me, who is their best chance to make them a? Somewhat perennial title contender, or to win a national, let's say, win a national championship at Alabama. Of all the candidates, I think he would probably be um, the best one. And then I think Lane Kiffin's out there. I think there's a lot of variance with Kiffin if he took the Alabama job. Uh, But there's a lot of important people, it sounds like, that aren't fans of him. Um, Yeah. yeah. uh, Greg McElroy said on his radio show today that he's got a lot of burned bridges Mm -hmm. at Alabama. And remember what he did last year, going into that game, Nick, like, was pretty much accusing uh, Saban of making a coaching change but not announcing it, saying Kevin Still wasn't calling the defense, T-Rod was calling the defense, uh, and he did some other things, I think, on Twitter, like, retweeting about maybe Saban being washed or all of that. and. Like I don't think they really love some of his antics since he has left, and this well, is a guy they had to fire before a national championship. It might probably cost them uh, in that national championship game. I believe it was twenty eighteen, and they lost. And they, they when they fired him, I thought he left. Well, yeah, I mean, I well, think it was. It depends who you ask. I would. Yeah, but didn't he go it.
1: straight from there to Ole Miss?
0: No, he was at Florida Atlantic. He was doing – he was working oh, at – he left that. to go to Florida Atlantic. And, and he was
1: going to stay on and call plays. Yeah, it then, was the
0: 2016 title because yeah. it was the first one they lost at Clemson because they won it in 15 with him, beat Clemson. Next year they were going to play Clemson. Uh, but They beat Michigan State in the first round. And after that, because he was doing – like working for Florida Atlantic and doing stuff when they were really supposed to be preparing for – the playoffs. Awesome. So he was yeah. he was on Alabama company time doing Florida Atlantic work, and so they ended up firing him. But I think that year, him and Saban really went at each other, and I think that was the season when we saw the biggest well, kind of Saban blow ups on the sideline.
1: Here's the Kiffin. the genesis of it all because you mentioned the Dabo stuff and you mentioned the Kiffin stuff. A lot of this is just like they're mad now. But if they can get you wins, then it doesn't matter. Especially with Dabo. Like a lot of the Dabo hate they would love that all Shuck stuff if he was their guy.
0: Right. They right? would eat it's it up. The, right.
1: It's just that they he beat him in national championship games twice. I mean, that's that, that that's it. That's why they don't like him. And the other part of it too is he there's no Dabo can do his holier than thou transfer portal stuff if he wants this job. And then and then it comes down to how bad do you want it? Um, yeah, because they're
0: not gonna stand for it. Uh, yeah. he,
1: right, and also you can't. I mean, you just can't win at Alabama if you don't do the portal. I mean, you. I don't care how good of a recruiter you are, Dabo, um, and I don't care how good of a hire you get an offensive coordinator is. You, you, you have.
0: To. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a great opportunity for Dabo just to kind of reset, mm-hmm. to reset everything.
1: Cause, and he's not that old either. I mean, you know, he's running running him. Yeah, yeah. Hell, he can coach eight more years, easy. Not even bad enough. So yeah, if, if I think
0: he makes a lot of sense for. For them, in the position they're in, but it doesn't—at least early reports indicate that that's not going to happen.
1: It's it's fascinating to watch this all unfold. Um, you know, uh, it, it's hard to know who to trust, but you can't always trust Monticello Bank, proud presenting sponsors of Eleven Personnel. It's where people matter. They've been in business for 124 years now. Oh yeah, add another year to that because they've been putting people first. No matter what your banking needs are, Monticello Bank, they'll get it taken care of for you. Download the Go NBC mobile app to bank wherever you want to bank. And uh, visit NBCBank.com, Monticello Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, proud presenting sponsors of 11 personnel. Looking on the Kentucky side of things, uh, my, my, my radio partner, TJ Walker, said, wow, I think Saban's really overacting to the Christian story news. Which... I saw that. I <laughs> <That> love <laughs> a tweet there, TJ. That was, that, was, that was a great great tweet by TJ because, yeah, it was two and a half, two hours or so, two and a half hours before. Saban had his meeting at four to tell his team, and this news popped off about two two 2.30, 30, two, two 30. Um, I know because I was uh, in a, picking up kids from daycare and all this as it happened. And this was another kind of portal uh, addition out of nowhere, Luckett, where we hadn't heard about many guys coming to campus and the ones that they did or didn't, nothing materialized or they went elsewhere. It looked like Kentucky was done in the portal, but instead they they get this guy from Alabama who has a lot of pedigree, Luckett, but hasn't played much in the secondary for the Crimson Tide.
0: Yeah, I just – with him, I think my first takeaway was this, and it remained this after I kind of dug in. Uh, This is my belief. This is not any inside intel. I think Kentucky was disappointed with their safety play, uh, as they probably maybe should have been. And they don't want to get in that situation again. So it's really kind of, hey, Jordan Lovett, we need you to play better. And so we're bringing this guy in to potentially be a starter here. Um, And we'll see. And So they're going to have four safeties now, Nick, with 200-plus SEC snaps, where they had two on the team last year. And that's not even counting Alex Safari. He's going to play in the box. Um, But I think story here is just an addition um, to address depth and raise the floor of the secondary. Um, So they're going to have options in the back end. This was a guy who had an historic, historic High school career, play quarterback, set the Alabama State records for total yards and total touchdowns during his career. Won multiple state championships. Um, played in the secondary. Was a really good athlete who tried to make who made the transition full time to defense. Tuscaloosa was a reserve for a long time. Didn't really see playing time until this past year, uh, where he was kind of their fourth safety, and now he's looking for a chance to start. Kentucky's going to give him an opportunity to come compete for a starting job. And for me, it's really Kentucky is trying to supplement that safety room. They weren't happy, I don't think, with the play they got out of that position, a position we thought might be a strength for them entering the season. And so now they're looking to add uh, to that and to raise the floor of that position.
1: Yeah, and I love the – you always got to feel good when it's Alabama transfer to Kentucky. You're
0: like, yes, boom.
1: There is – this is still a – um, a it's risk. kind of a Darian
0: Henry
1: Young Yeah edition, Except it was Darian Henry Young You had more real estate with And you recruited him So you were, like we, were we we knew Darian Henry Young Because I mean he visited I remember him being at the bar With Paris Johnson Right? Like when, when Vince was yeah, Recruiting yeah. him Right? So it's it a little bit different But I, I think the position Was a little bit of a surprise And the fact that You just don't know If he's a Like can he be the guy that's the starter i don't know that's it's kind of a risk you take but it is abundantly clear though look that they're they're kind of out on g5 guys it's and it's heavy big Ten or sec or sorry like we're, we're we're not
0: yeah i just yeah i wanted to see if this is just a one-year thing or if this is strategy moving forward year it, over year
1: it, it's kind of been I crunched the numbers, and I don't have them pulled up. It's one of those It was where, an early
0: strategy. You're right. Yeah, the first you know, transfer class with Juan Dale, that was all P5 transfers, I believe.
1: And they, they've had fewer in – but, like, this year, I mean, even Jamori Macklin started in Missouri. Fred right. Ferrier is the only G5 guy, and it's – it. they wouldn't take him if he wasn't from Frankfurt. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that part played a fact. So, like, I, they're very much all in on – Guys who have been at this level and kind of know the expectations, the consistency, the work ethic that it takes to to be in a program like this. So uh, I think that matters. And it also matters where they're looking to for offensive linemen, right? I I wasn't sold on the Jacksonville State kid that ended up at West Virginia. Um, Well, it turns out they they had another iron in the fire Mm -hmm. because Gerald Mincy. uh, that, That has kind of come out of nowhere fun blast from the past I love that so Gerald Mincy and Richie Leonard they were the first two commitments in the 2020 class offensive lineman from Florida this is back when you got verbals in February LA like junior days and I was like here's a commitment and then in the back of your mind you're like there, there's no way this is sticking like they just that's just how it worked right you would get some kids from out of state commit early and then like once they actually started getting deeper to their visits, they. You know, they switch, all that happens. Well, both of them entered the portal this year, and it was like, ooh, I wonder if Kentucky's going to be in on any of them. So, Mincy started his career at Florida, didn't play any for Mullen. Mullen gets fired, he transfers to Tennessee, and then he's played a lot, like a a lot of football there without being a starting starter sort of deal. It's been – which I I found to be kind of weird, but he started half the season – each of the last two years at both tackle spots. He was at left or it was left and then right. Correct. Yes. But yeah. So he's played both a ton. He has a thousand snaps in the sec. And I'd like to point out, I don't, I don't understand Walker y'all coming in here being like, Oh, miss 24 seven reporting that he's visiting this weekend. The guy you're listening to right now reported that on the KS board that you read. So read it. That was on there (laughs) this morning. We had it first. Let's go read it. It was there.
0: Two four seven did have a report, and it kind of confirming what you're hearing. Was basically like Ole oh, Miss is out here, yeah, so it's probably they, gonna be Kentucky. So. Yeah, they
1: there was, a, they felt very good about it, and then I don't I don't know what kind of voodoo Vince Mero has been cooking up over there, because um, the, he had, Mincy planned on visiting last weekend, and then that didn't happen, and then it was even up until. Tuesday, Ole Miss was confident that he was going to be there this weekend, and then I learned today that he was going to be at Kentucky uh, this weekend. And it was like, a, "Well, we'll see who's right." The Kentucky guys with Ole Miss, and um, yeah, uh, Ole Miss has since confirmed what we what we what we <laughs> what we said over there. I appreciate it, Maddie G. Um, but like, this is—I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and just put a starting crown on Gerald Mincy. I don't know what, but like, hell yeah. (laughs) get that guy in here. That Kentucky needs tackles bad. And to get a dude with multiple starts over multiple seasons in the SEC, like, hell yeah. Sign me up. Sign me up for that.
0: I think similar to the Christian story recruitment, Gerald Mincy raises the floor at tackle. He... he Marcus Cox is a locked-in starter at left tackle. Yes. But he gives you real, legitimate competition with Cortland Ford. And if something were happening to Cortland Ford, you have a guy, if he doesn't win the starting job, you have a guy that's played snaps in this league and can play both spots, So, even if something happened to Marcus Cox. So it gives you depth, I think, at tackle, legitimate, solid depth. It allows you to keep Dylan Ray at guard. And so you just have options, right? I mean, you just have you have Jagger Burton, Dylan Ray, Ben Crisman, Jalen Farmer at guard, and then you have three guys at tackle, and then you have Eli Cox. That's eight. You got eight guys right there. I think you would feel comfortable with, uh, but you've needed to go to the transfer portal to get six of them. So to prevent this from happening in the future, you'd like to just develop the guys in your room, and so. When you're shopping in the portal, especially at offensive line, you're not getting that ceiling too high. You know, you're you're, you're shopping to yeah. raise the floor, and yeah. you're you're shopping to not be terrible. Like, let's just get an adequate base level of play here for our line, and that's what Kentucky is doing. And so, what they're going to have here, Nick, I think, is legit competition in spring and fall camp on the offensive line, and that that's going to help a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Specifically, just two years ago, they couldn't. They hardly could practice because a couple <laughs> guys got hurt and they just didn't have anyone. Yeah. Uh, that, well, now, that, that, now they're going to have it like everybody competition was every spot. Hurt. Right.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was literally after every practice. Well, we've had to move some guys around because there's been some guys going down. It's like, so you mean you haven't practiced with your best five once in the month yeah. of August? That's that's.
0: And, and to get back to happened. your power five recruitment, um, this Kentucky transfer portal class has five national title rings in it.
1: <laughs> Jamin Dune's
0: Johnson has two. Brock Vandergriff has two. And Christian Story is bringing one from his true freshman season. So, these guys have seen uh, the, the best of the best. Hell and even true. and Jamin Doom Dunes- Johnson has played and contributed and to Mitzi, a national title team. Was that
1: 20 wins, in the, 21 wins in the last two seasons for Tennessee?
0: Right. Yeah, Mincy <laughs> was on a yeah. Tennessee team that was in the thick of the playoff hunt in November. Yeah. yeah.
1: Crazy, crazy. So that could be an enormous addition. Um, I believe. So here's the thing. I don't understand transfer portal rules. I thought I knew them. I don't. I. I think he'd have to commit by tomorrow, but it might be different for grads. I. I, I don't know. It. It just. There are no rules. Um. It, 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 I. I don't understand it. But first rule of transfer
0: portal is there are no rules. Yeah.
1: Oh, they They're really. There really are not rules um and you know what there also are not rules at new sponsor alert <laughs> big fan of this new sponsor that's joining 11 personnel here for the next couple of weeks look like it i don't know about you but i'm back on my fitness bullshit, and I lo- i'm loving what refocus fitness is offering because our friends here at this gym in lexington I know there's a lot of different gimmicks and stuff that people try to get you to sign up, to get you to use their gym. Refocus Fitness, great location, easy to get to from a lot of places in Lexington, right by the Aldi, right by the Fayette Mall off Nicholasville Road. It's a gym that has 24/7 access. And my my wife had a gym like this in her hometown where you can anytime night or day, you just all right, I need to get on the treadmill. I can't go to sleep. Boom. You don't don't have to worry about that. And another part that's great too, they they limit your the memberships there. So it's not going to be crowded. It's not going to be crazy. And they offer personalized training at Refocus Fitness where the consultation is completely free. And hell, you can work with small groups of three or four where you're on a daily routine, right? Or a three or four day week routine where you're working with people kind of like in your lifting group. Um, back when you were at Saint X, right, where you you're kind of competing against one another, or you can just do that consultation. They set the playbook for you, and you grab life by the horns at Refocus Fitness. Visit them right now, RefocusFitness.com. No contracts, no hidden fees, no crazy startup costs. Check out what they've got to offer for you today. And get back on it hopefully you can get back on the treadmill on the elliptical whatever it might be i'm, I'm on the bike now uh, hopefully you're watching us enjoying us and give us uh check out refocus fitness today i'm 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 i'm, I'm jumping out of order peak i'm going to apologize um, because i want to end with wild card weekend it, it makes me excited um <laughs> but we were discussing the transfer portal and like it, we mentioned it briefly, but I saw some more transfer portal flips happening. That just that wasn't a thing until recently. Louisville was on the right side of a couple and on the wrong side of a couple too. Um The Ball State tight end they were really high on, he went back to Ball State instead of going to Louisville. But then they got a big kid from Tennessee. So there's there's a lot going on on Floyd Street right now.
0: Yeah, and then they lost Jalen Kimber today. Um, Original Georgia corner, transferred to Florida, transferred again, committed to Louisville. Now he's headed to Penn State, along with A.J. Harris, also committed to Penn State today.
1: Yep. He was- so, yeah,
0: there, there's a lot of action going on over there. Nick, um, Louisville's going to add 30-plus transfers this cycle. They're already over 20. They're like 22-23. They're mm-hmm. taking dudes from Tuskegee, but they're also taking dudes from Alabama, uh, two secondary players from Tennessee, uh, two players from Texas Tech. Uh, so across the board, they're taking a guy from Kentucky, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Cummings. They are taking thirty plus. And I may or may have not became a radio topic uh, this week on some local radio shows that. Oh, good. KRC affiliated. Was it uh, uh was it Shrebel show or was it, was it, was, it I don't. I don't think. I don't know if it was Diener. Uh But I well, was. Deener uh, put in the penalty box. So. Uh, Friend of the program told me that I was uh, a topic on Mark Ennis' show. Um, <laughs> I love it the other other day, and Mark Mark's also a friend of the program, um, so no no hard feelings. But I went on Twitter I think Tuesday and was basically I basically called Louisville a portal program, and I basically now, I mean, said Jeff is punting on rec- high school recruiting. Is that a false statement?
1: <laughs> no,
0: fuck like it. I mean,
1: I mean. Their actions are saying it. I mean, I don't.
0: You, yeah, know what the ta- you know what the you know what the tell is going to be, Nick. Here's the tell. There's a kid at Louisville, Mail. Yeah, an interior offensive lineman. Spike South Carolina is interested. Louisville, Kentucky, some others. Spike Souls. Yeah. You know he's right now. He's in the. He's a three-star prospect. So it's not like he's. This huge guy that's going to blow up, but I think it's going to be a guy that Kentucky and Louisville are both going to want. We'll see how that all that plays out. But if it is, we'll find out how tight it m-
1: might be. Connect- I know his dad played at IU, but I, I think there is some connection there to U Here's what,
0: here's what, here's my, here's my, the point I was trying to come across. I don't think what they're doing is wrong necessarily. I have doubts that it'll work long term if you keep portaling 30 guys to class. Um, But you looked at their recent recruiting success since they've gotten in the ACC. It's just been not. It's not been good.
1: They're recruiting Uh, like most ACC schools in the fifties.
0: Yeah, and so this is a way I think for them to gain on their on their peers. And so I don't fault them for doing it. And this trend started Satterfield's last year when he went out and got um, Tyler Harrell. When he went out and got Tyon Evans, went out and got Jarvis Brownley, and some other transfers. For them, they were like, "Oh, this is successful." Louisville has NIL money. Most of that, Nick, is going to portal players. Yeah, not to the high school. Like, I, they had one class, and it was Steve Clarkson driven. Yeah. but they got some help from Adidas, probably from Steve Clarkson, and then now all their money is tied up in the portal. So. The reason they're having a good portal class is one, it's it's quantity over quality. A lot of times, they're they're one of th- three or four schools that are looking to add thirty players from the portal. Not a lot of most of these schools don't want to add thirty players. No. And so that, and then that, that's where all their their salary cap is focused. I mean, the, the signs are there that that's how they want to do it. And so that's what Louisville is doing right now. So when you see like, and that, I think there's. Some people on KS board even that are like, I mean, Why is Kentucky, Kentucky doing what Louisville is doing? But that is a choice. Kentucky's not doing that because they they have Jacob Smith, they have Gerard Smith. they have Brian Robinson, they have um, yeah. Ryan Nichols in their high school recruiting class. That's why they're not going out and spending maybe or we're, they have we, money they're spending on transfers. We need, but to go they get don't it have ahead. maybe. A, it's not as it's not as centralized focused on that. They they're spending money. They're NIL money and high schoolers, too. Got to get
1: an edge. Got to get an edge. It's like, yeah, they're in high school. They're not in the portal, right? Like, not everything has to be portal-driven. And I, I've i had my separate fights with people over Louisville and their portal behavior. And look it. I mean, I, I know very well that their primary focus is on portal players. They've, they're prioritizing that. That's me putting it very nicely. I also know very well that it worked pretty well last year. Yeah, is it going right. to is it? But but, but they're doubling or, down, right? Is it going to work? in the the, the biggest issue that I, I worry about for them, like personally, because um they're my family, I like them. Losing the developmental pieces is big. Like losing Kevin Coleman is huge. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, Amari Huggins, Bruce, like those. Why 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 run the those? Those aren't guys that should be running off, right? Like those are the. That's where you get into a uh, – it can be just – it can really strain you. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're building a team with free agents. And, I mean, we saw it last year with Kentucky where, like, part of their big problem is the lack of culture because they're in a mercenary culture. Like, it, it it's just – it's very difficult. So, uh, from a long-term basis – Like, a lot of the angst, I think, from uh, Kentucky fans is just the, like, look what they're doing over there. Like, there's a lot of short-term bump you get from all that. But, like, I go back to each team's first edition and I would I would never trade Brock Vandegrift for Tyler Shuck. And are they going to be wondering if they would trade Jack Plummer for Tyler Shuck? I mean, it's fair. And the other part of this, too, like it, if they're doing this method are they ever going to be able to get a good quarterback in the board if they got to spend all this money elsewhere like it's it's a salary cap game right like I don't I don't know how they is it ever going to be possible for them to spend big on a quality quarterback or is he just
0: going to be having to coach a bunch of jack plumbers year after year yeah I what does he want um but i I, I think what Brahms said publicly Nick that you can confirm this for me or agree with me if you want, but he said there's a lot of pressure on him to win right away here. It's not he doesn't feel like he can take a five and seven year. That's uh, true. And so the best way to do that, man, is to just portal. Um and there's a balance you have to have. But they're they are very much leaning into it as hard as any program in the country. They get compared with Ole Miss a lot, Nick. And they're they're way they're more Colorado than Ole Miss. Oh, Miss is going to sign 18, 19 guys. They're doing a lot, a lot of portaling. Maybe they could get up to 20. But Louisville's going to be up there with Colorado, like 30-something guys. And they ended up getting up there last year. They were around 16 at the – I think 16, 17 after the winter portal. And then the spring they added like 10 more guys. And so what – like to me, I'm looking at them and if they lose, players are probably just going to portal some more guys in. So they're not going to be done in the spring. And a lot of this reaction, you know, this is all. It's a really – it's almost like in June teams will start banking commits Mm -hmm. and a team like Stanford will have a top 10 class for a minute and Stanford will get buzzed in the summer because there's really nothing else going on. This is what you have to talk about. It's like, look at Troy Taylor and Stanford, you know, recruiting a top 10 class. Well, you know, if you average star rating it, it would really finish like 47th. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's – that's what they ended up. So then, so a lot of this, it's almost like, I don't want to call it fake juice because it does matter. It's a little more important because these are guys that are going to play right away. Right. Uh, but a lot of it's just overreaction to yeah. uh, getting uh, players and getting commitments that are going to be on your team. But it's, it's, a, I mean, it's definitely a different era. And I even think even myself and I think everyone else is trying to figure out like, what's the best way to do this? like, your best way to well, get in a bunch of portal guys is it not what positions are of value in the portal and what are not, and all of that. How do you meld all that stuff? Um, and, and it's just a different time.
1: It does feel like Ole Misses isn't too much different than Kentucky's, where you know you have to make up for some of your high school recruiting woes by performing well in the portal. Because Ole Miss is – I mean – Hugh Freeze can't drop bags like he used to because everybody can drop bags now. So the Robert Kim Dichie class, you know, where you're number one in the country, that that can't happen anymore. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. What, what's all Miss, like 10th in high school recruiting, which is great. There's no slouch. But to be in the same company as the top four, you've got to go get some big names out there, some heavy hitters. And that's, that's kind of what, could, you know, Kentucky's trying to do BOFA. I think that is a little bit more conservative. And I don't know, you know, but like you said, there's a million different ways to slice a cat. Uh, actually, it's skin a cat, not slice it. You don't want to actually cut cat. Yeah, up, you just want and to, to wrap
0: it up, Louisville's a transfer portal program. Yeah, there's nothing wrong and with I'm that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I, that that take is right, and I think I'll be proven that that take is right. Jeff Broms recruiting the same high schools that he recruited at Purdue. Like guys, he recruited I, Kentucky, at Purdue.
1: I, I love. They were like, "Well, he's got he's got established his relationships." Oh, Jeff Robins got established relationships with Kentucky <laughs> and Indiana and in a Yeah, Ohio. like
0: he does yeah. Like he's not a, uh, like he's not a walking uh, legend whenever he walks in the Trinity. Uh, he's got Saint X's head coach's son is on his staff. He's got one of Mel's best players of all time is a running backs coach, like. <laughs> like, there's plenty of connections over there. Like, it's not like they got to take time to get to know the high school coaches in the city.
1: Hey, but they they want portal players, and that's abundantly clear. Like, they, they just want to load up on portal players. Just like, I want to talk NFL, but you wanted to make a point about the national championship that did happen this week. It feels like it happened 100 years ago. Um Because yeah. what's even more hilarious like it is, like, thing, like we, we spent a lot of time on Saban, but, I mean – just think about this week. Saban, Carol Belichick,
0: and Harbaugh eventually.
1: Yeah, it's going. Harbaugh's next. I mean, there's. They're basically just like it's all but official, um, to this point. And hell, and all of this, Rabel got fired. I mean, like, what the what the hell's going on here? So, it does feel like if if you're in the market for a coach, this is a good time to be in the market for head coach. Um, I, I know some Chicago Bears fans that would love to be in a market for head coach, <laughs> but they're sticking with Matt Eberflus.
0: Yeah, Bear, we're going to get into the Bears this offseason season because they are fascinating. Like they, that's the most fascinating team I think when we're at the combine will be them and what they're going to do with those two top ten picks. Uh, but Monday, Michigan kicked Washington's ass. Not a huge surprise. Played out like I think we thought it would. Just trenches was just. They just had the they just had the number in the trenches and they made they heated up Michael Penix and he didn't handle um, some of the pressure very well. Uh, but yeah,
1: I appreciated your your uh, advice, Lucky, because I wanted to cheer for Washington and so I did a crazy parlay. But my like fail safe to get all of my money back was to just juice the Michigan line and uh, yeah, Michigan minus thirteen and a half got it at like almost three to one odds. Boom, there we go. Let's get all of our money back.
0: So, thank you. That's yeah, you could just see that. I just I just thought you could see it coming. Uh, but but I had one big takeaway, really kind of – because it's hard, Nick, when you go through a season, like to actually sit down and watch teams. Because well, we're just at Kentucky games, right? And we're doing yeah. everything that comes along with being a game. And then you're probably going to play catch-up the next week and uh, – you know, you're looking at the next opponent, blah, blah, blah. So it's hard to really dig in. But I got, like, I really got to watch Michigan three games. I got to watch them play Iowa. Got to watch them play Alabama. Got to sit down and watch them play on Monday. So that was three. And I, watching them, I had this takeaway. How they play offense is, I think, how Mark Stoops wants to play offense. It's run the ball down your throat. It's Play action. It's formation the hell out of you, motion you, and hit you with play action. Efficient play, efficient passing game. But when push comes to shove, they can just run it, just shove it down yeah. against you, and they protect their defense. Um, but again, they play smart, complimentary football. I think that's what Kentucky wants to look like.
1: Yeah, but uh, like that's a want, but not like a what you. Can and
0: Kentucky. The next point was Kentucky <laughs> had they had the lines to play that way. I think. For a five-year yeah. stretch. Yeah. But they just don't have it anymore. And I think they've got the coordinator that can do all that stuff um, and really successful and really scheme up a passing game. But they've got to be able to block people <laughs> right at the point of the attack. And I think that's the big issue, even going into next year, can't Kentucky block playing this, this style of ball? Uh, but I think that's what they want to do. Is, that's how it looks, and that's how it would play out. Not, not saying that they're going to win an championship with an offense or anything but Michigan is not it's not Alabama and Georgia where this the the, the the star power is just miles away like they're not a bunch of first round picks on that offense right JJ McCarthy's probably the highest ranked pick Corum's going to be a mid round tailback um i think most of those linemen on that championship team are going to be mid round guys you know that tight end's going to be a draft pick but he's not some of the tight ends they've had in the past yeah, and Siebert that Roman, Town, Wil- yeah, Roman Wilson. Wilson's a good player, but he's like a fifth, he seems like a fifth round pick. Good college player, right? Uh, yeah. And so it's not like the talent wise, Kentucky could get there, essentially. We're kind of close to where Michigan's at. But everything, like, just me, my takeaway from that game, like, all of everything tied to Michigan is just line of scrimmage. Like, line of scrimmage, line of scrimmage. We're going to run the ball down your throat, and we're going to kick your ass with our defensive front. Um, uh, and Kentucky just, they don't have that on the offensive line. And that's really, I think, the one thing holding them back. And the one thing I would be, over everything else, I would be worried the most. Like, can they just can they just block people? And can they get a traditional run game going? Can they play with more efficiency? If they can't, they're going to have the, probably the, a lot of the same issues. Um, so they have to kind of figure that out. And that was just my biggest takeaway uh, from this Michigan playoff run.
1: Well, I, I enjoyed that very much. Um, and now I'm really going to enjoy talking NFL because <laughs> I'm so fired up for this weekend. Like, I hate to admit how dumb my brain is, but just calling it Super Wild Card Weekend and giving me a game on Monday night,
0: it just, it just ah, makes me I want to ask you, so... do you, would you rather have three Saturday, three Sunday, or the two, three, one that they're doing right now?
1: I think I like the two three one, and it's mostly. I like it even more so because Buck and Aikman are on there. I would hate I, it if
0: the Bengals were playing a Monday night game, though. Playoffs. Having to wait all weekend, yeah, you don't want you to.
1: Like Eagles fans are just in hell because they're they're like either just
0: in the season or give me some hope. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. Like they, they've lost five out of six, and they got to wait all the way to Monday to play. Um, but I, I've watched more Monday Night Football this year than I have. In my entire life, some of that's doing the Manning cast. Some of it's just they've gotten better games. Uh, I also like just Joe Buck and Troy Aikman calling football games. Like they're they're great. I've, they're awesome. Um, and yeah, so I, I I'm I'm with it now, and I'm also with prospects. Um, prospects, you know it. It's one of the best daily fantasy sports ways to get in the action. You can do it today. Sign up. Promo code KSR. They're going to match your first deposit. 100% up to $100. And luck it. This is just the most beautiful weekend to do it. Because there's so many squares that need to be pushed. And I found a way to... I only have three squares. And my odds are goosed to 11-1. to So let's, let's play here I got for us. Mason Rudolph... Less than 158 passing yards. Okay. It's going to be nasty mm-hmm. weather in Buffalo. Rudolph hasn't completed more than 18 passes in a football game. Basically, I'm just like, please don't throw two, three long passes to George Pickens, and this will get home. Second one Aaron Jones, 100 yard rushing game at Dallas. Dallas, great against the pass, bad against the run. The Packers, I, I don't know. I. Kind of like the pack in that game. And the big reason why I like these two last two picks, homecoming game for Aaron Jones. He's a Texas boy. Coming back home to Dallas, he's going to want to show out. Same thing with Tyreek Hill going back to Kansas City. Needed one touchdown to cap that off, and I'll win 11 times. Bang for my buck with prize picks. The best daily fantasy sports place out there. Prospects.com slash ksr. Download the app. Put in that promo code ksr. Hundred percent up to hundred dollars on your first deposit. And that brings me to my next point, Luckett. I like some dogs this weekend, Luckett. I just do. I know. You see some of those lines, but there, there's always upsets. And Mike McCarthy blowing it to his former team. It just it just makes too much sense, man. It makes it it, it just it makes way too much sense. I've already got the Packers plus seven and. The, the the part for me is that the Packers defense is bad, but so yes. what? <laughs> but su- they, they, they suck, but dude, Jordan Love it it pisses me off dealing with TJ, my Packers fan radio co-host, because it's like, dude, how do you like how do you go through life just always having great quarterbacks? His entire life has been Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now Jordan Love is going to be good. So let's I, play. Let's
0: play the string out on, um, Mr. Cupid.
1: Yeah, but like, dude, he's he's much better than what I thought he was in year one. And if these young receivers like if, if they if they keep this trajectory going forward, like they they've steadily improved throughout the year. I you know he's not Mr. Hall of Famer, but I think the Bears fans would trade for him right now. You know, I mean, you, straight up, just swap their guys. I think they do it. So I. I kind of, maybe maybe I'm just falling for them because I, I I look over the sideline, I see Mike McCarthy's big dumbass, and I just know that he loves to mess it up. But, yeah, I I, I like that dog. <laughs> I also I also love the the Rams too. Um, I think the Rams are, low-key, sneaky good, and I it, for yeah. me it, it goes against like. Part of me is just falling for the Jordan Love stuff that he showed us last week, and he played great. Um, but I, I, I think the the best play of the week is the Rams going to the Lions and beating them because that that Lions defense is just an abomination. They haven't gotten better at all this year, Lockett. You you would think at some point like they get better, but no, not the case. I don't know why Aaron Glenn. They're like, oh, we're gonna, and maybe because they have to for the Rooney Rule, but like Aaron Glenn stinks. <laughs> that defense is bad. I don't. I don't know how they haven't gotten better, even though they have a pretty decent pass rush and a pretty decent front seven. They're terrible in the back end.
0: Yeah, so for me, I think it's a working principle I usually have in the playoffs is if one team has a clearly better quarterback than the other team, I'd probably bet that quarterback. And the one game that really jumps out this weekend is Texans Browns. Like, give me C.J. Stroud at home catching points over Joe Flacco, um, and against the defense that plays a lot of man.
1: Yeah, but but Joe Flacco's elite though, like it. I'm okay. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> okay. Did we're gonna see a Lamar we'll
1: call Joe Flacco elite. I think Ravens no. fans just fainted when they heard that quote.
0: Yeah, so I I like the Texans there. Other than that, I really don't. I think the lines stink this week. Uh, Cowboys are a wagon at home, uh, which is why seven, it'd be
1: perfect for them to lose at home. Like seven's just, a w- weird the Packers number, got right. their number. I, I think just,
0: you're right. I, I think know. you could be yeah. on to something. The Packers either win or yeah. the Cowboys just pistol whip them. Uh, yep, yeah, true. Like they've done every team at home except the Lions, <laughs> and the Lions should have won that football game for yep. a, an absolute officiating catastrophe um, down there in Dallas. Lions-Rams, it's a tough draw for Detroit. The Lions, or the Rams are playing really good football, specifically on offense. Stafford's hot. Uh, Nick Puka and Cooper Cup are awesome. They've got that run game rolling. But the Rams have got a bunch of Joe Schmoes on defense. And the Lions have weapons all over the place. So I kind of like oh, – I need to look it's, at that total. I think both those teams are going to – both I, those I was teams think, are gonna score.
1: I, I was I was leaning this way too, Luckett. I, I waited. Because A, do we do we know Sam Laporta's status? I think he's big. going to
0: try to play.
1: So I the only reason why I didn't jump on immediately is I've had some bad luck with overs as of late. Like I, yeah. I played more overs than I'd like to. Um but they're not just doesn't seem yeah. like a lot though. But right? I think people are talking gets you there. people
0: are talking about the lion. Like Laporta's awesome. But he's not even their – he's not their number one target. Like, Marron St. Brown is their best yeah, receiver. Yeah,
1: well, but he just – it feels like he's their number one red zone target, though. Yeah. Him and Jameer Gibbs, you yeah, know. Yeah, just put
0: – yeah, they're going to be able to do some stuff. Ben Johnson's a really good offensive coordinator. I think they're going to figure out. Dan well, Campbell is going to have that team ready. They're going to be juiced. Yeah. I'm not walking to the window and betting against Dan Campbell on this spot. Because <laughs> that team is going to be ready to fight. For and sixty they're playing, minutes,
1: they're old quarterback. I mean, and that, that, that building that is going to be, on, be on fire.
0: So <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I I hope they win. I really. I'm going to be cheering for them. Um, so I'm not. In the Lions, Nick have been a cash ATS machine with Dan Campbell the last really year and a half. Um, their record, I don't have to top of my head, but it's really really good. So I'm not going against them. But they do have the Rams got the better quarterback. So that would scare me in this game. Um Eagles Bucks, good luck picking that picking that one against the number. I like the Eagles there, but how do you go to the window and bet that team based off what we've seen? Um, and then, Bill here's, Steelers go here's Bills.
1: My, this is another one like it that I love, and it is, it's 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 dangerous playing it now. So you might want to wait.
0: But we've got it, it's a it's a weather game, right? Yes, and, and yeah. That Steelers is- plus fourteen is the play. Or whatever so, the line is, plus ten. Whatever plus ten. The line
1: is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're TJ Wattless, but um, right now we've got 25 <laughs> sustained winds, 52 mile per hour gusts. It's going to be a seven degree wind chill. The last time this kind of weather happened, we had the Mac Jones game, right, where he completed two passes, or was it just attempted? Yeah, completed two pass, two passes, and they won. Was it ten to nothing? Seven to three, yeah. something like that. It was, it was ugly. Um, but so under, it's a, it's a gross, gross under. But thirty six and a half, and also just any under Mason Rudolph props, just whatever.
0: Just we, we saw the, we saw some of the pumpkin Mason Rudolph last week. The two fumbles, sack yeah. fumbles. You know, they, they he hits the one pass to Deontay Johnson on the third down. That was a long explosive play. But we saw some of that. But yeah, the weather is – I would – if I was a Bills supporter, I would be disappointed in this weather development because straight up, if you play the Steelers oh, – crush them. Without T.J. Watt. Yeah. Speaking of spread splits, they're out there if you want to find them. But the Steelers with Watt, um, you would make money off that enterprise if you bet it blind. Mm-hmm. Um, Steelers without <laughs> Watt, you would be homeless if you bet that blind. So – that yeah. is, that, that's a, diff- a big, a difference maker, that's man. big that they don't have him, but it's different if it becomes just kind of a run game. And so that, that one is fascinating. Like, again, like I said, the lines stink this week. To me, Nick, it's almost a, see if the team that you think is going to win falls behind and then see what the live spread was. Um, last week for me I got Jags plus eight and a half I believe in the beginning of the third or the end of the second quarter beginning of the third quarter jumped on that they lost by eight so that was a nice little cover I think what you need that 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 is maybe the avenue for me this week is just wait wait it out and see how some of these games develop and then jump on on them when it becomes obvious which which side you think is going to win or whether it's like, the Bucks get up 14 nothing, I don't think the Bucks are going to blow out the Eagles. I think the Eagles will come back. Yeah, yeah. And if you got it around a touchdown, I would feel good about it. So, something like that is that's what I'll be monitoring this weekend.
1: Will you be monitoring Peacock? Do you, do you oh, have
0: – Oh, I will be on the P.
1: Is it on the P or on the cock?
0: <laughs> this is a golf house, so we've had Peacock for a while now.
1: <laughs> I – I I don't know what to make of that game either because there's part of me that, like, the Dolphins have proven time and time again that they're frauds. That's what we forgot.
0: I like the Dolphins. I think they're going to win. The Chiefs stink. They're not any good. They're just
1: not. And It's another thing, too, that, I mean, their whole team's been hurt all year, and I I know that they've lost to basically every
0: good team they've played.
1: But when they were uh, wagon, it was just because they all had they had all their guys healthy.
0: Yeah, they, they had a good schedule. Like, you go back and look at the Dolphins' schedule, they played a lot of bad teams,
1: this yeah, year. Yeah, and there's no doubting it. But also, when they were at their best, it's just because they had everybody healthy. And I, yeah. that's the thing. Are they get Waddled
0: and Mostert back? That would be my big question.
1: See, especially Mostert, because his being able to hand the ball off to him in the red zone, I, I felt like they really struggled with that against the Bills when the field got tight.
0: And but that's another weather game. game. That's another weather game. It's yeah. going to be like forty minus forty on the wind chill. Um, so, like, how do you eat? Like, that's another one. I don't. I'm not going to touch because what does that even look like?
1: Right, right. Uh, uh,
0: and
1: here, the other part to that game too is just Tua. What the hell happened to that guy? It's the guy that was nails. Comes in off the bench, cold in the national championship game, and wins it. And then. Now he's just—I mean—he looks like the the, the freaking Brucey from longest yard,
0: just like huh, when it's into the, the games.
1: I mean, like what what the hell when is you wrong take, with that guy?
0: I will say the one thing: I I've kind of noticed about the offense when they have Waddle and Hill out there together. I mean, it is danger for opposing defenses. But if you remove just one of those guys, they get a lot easier to defend because um, you can. It's I mean, easier, you, I think to You're kind of right. shift your coverage over to one of them.
1: But my bigger point is just, like, he's made t- – I it was last week he made this interception, and then I forget
0: the other two-minute interception where he just
1: – it's like something in his – somebody. In big games,
0: made, he has been disappointing throughout his Dolphins career. There's no doubt about it.
1: It goes back to my, like, video game playing days when you would abs- accidentally tap the button and they would, like, throw it up really high. Right, instead of yeah, you, yes, you know what I mean. Like, Loft it, yeah, yeah, and you're like, no, 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 I didn't mean to press it, and then it's just an arm putt. He's done that twice with under a minute to play. The other game was uh, over in Germany, I think.
0: Right? Didn't they lose a close one over there? They lost to the Chiefs. We were driving back from a road yeah, trip. In his, that, I don't know if you, it was me and you or me and Peek, but we, we were heading back from somewhere when that game. His was going
1: brain on. melted when that happened. Yeah, it. it so that that's the part of this that even. I mean, it goes back to your quarterback conversation. I trust Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You know, in cold weather, instead of the Dolphins to a guy. You know, it's just.
0: Right. That's, that's kind of the side I'm leaning on. And I just, again, I hate it for the Lions that they're playing the Rams. Because uh, I really want the Lions in the playoffs. I would love to see them get another swing at Dallas next weekend. And so that's, that's what I'm cheering for. And really, Nick, I kind of treat this like the NCAA tournament. I want the best matchups for next week. So, like, that's really what I'm I'm wanting. So I want Lions-Cowboys. Give me Lions-Cowboys next week. Um, whoever the Niners play doesn't – you know, they're I think they're going to – even if they play the Eagles, they're probably going to beat them by 10 or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chiefs – I don't – see, I just don't think the Chiefs are that good. So I would rather see uh, – I'd rather see the Dolphins win. Let's see the Dolphins play. Well, I don't know if I want to see Dolphins or Ravens again, so maybe I'll take that back. Maybe Chiefs, (laughs) Bills, and then uh, Ravens. Who's in the fourth? Ravens, Texans, I guess. Um, But that's really what I want to see. Uh, I want the best matchups possible. Don't want to – that's the worst when you get the – you know, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament. It's fun when it happens, but then it's next week. It was like, oh, this isn't fun. It was kind of like Giants Vikings last year. I, 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 Giants yeah. beat the Vikings, and they went to the Philly and just got co cocked.
1: I care about it more in the conference championship games. The year that we had, it was Tom Brady, Blake Bortles. Um, <laughs> who were the other quarterbacks? It was Nick, Nick Foles
0: and um, um, Case Keenum.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean that. that I, I I that I care more about that that weekend. I enjoy this weekend now more so than. The divisional round because I do think the one seeds have such a there's going to be a one seed blowout. Adding
0: the extra game has been fun. It's
1: been fun adding two more games to this has been fun. You can't tell we're really excited about it, especially this guy in particular. And uh, like the unlike the NCAA tournament though, I can actually bet every single one of these games. I'm uh, I'm not sure where we're we're leaning yet, but um, you're probably going to talk me into Texans, and I might just have. silly amounts of wagers on the, the Lions game, because that one's going to be fun. It's going to be fascinating. Um, I'm very excited for it. I just also salute whoever put the Texans on the early. Texans-Browns is the perfect Saturday early wildcard card NFL game.
0: <laughs> they have been in the playoffs, I think, 10 times. Every game has been – the four o'clock Saturday.
1: It used to be ESPN this year. It's NBC, but Bengals played them
0: twice, and I remember thinking, like, man, they're in that slot a lot. And then I saw someone tweet <laughs> out that it was their tenth time that they've been. Oh, uh, that stadium has never had a night playoff game. They've never hosted a night playoff game, and they've been they've in the playoffs a ton. a ton of playoff games. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh man, it's crazy. Well, this has been a crazy. And choice. another
0: thing I realized, Nick, the Monday night football game apparently has to be a four five. Huh. matchup. Like it can't be a 2-7 or a 3-6. It has to be a 4-5.
1: Interesting. I didn't know that.
0: So I guess it's a reward for the higher-seeded teams that they don't have they to don't play have on to a short, short week. Yeah.
1: Huh. Makes sense. Whew, man. I'm fired up. I'm excited. I, I appreciate y'all joining this. Uh, I'm going to be all over KS Board, maybe a couple beers deep, talking about these games all weekend. Hope you'll join us Uh Hope we get a Gerald Mincy commitment in the next couple days. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Download the on three app and have your notifications on to make sure, you know exactly when it happens. And uh, this has been fun, which by the way, we're on a Thursday. We're going to be here almost every Thursday night, moving forward throughout the off season with a couple exceptions. When Kentucky basketball plays on Wednesday, we'll change things up, but um, Hey, we'll let you know, we'll keep you in the loop, but we appreciate you joining us till next time. Go cats and go croakery. Thank <laughs>